Pastor Philip was prepared uh, to lead us in uh, a new series, The Bread of Life. And I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. And um, so we'll postpone that until next week. But um, this is our memory verse that Pastor Philip has given us for January. It comes from Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And if you would read it with me. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to say welcome to our church family, and I want to say welcome to those of you that are visiting with us today. Thank you for your prayerful support and uh, for your patience as we open God's Word and share it with one another this morning. I am going to be looking at Colossians chapter number 3. I'm going to be looking at the first 10 verses, verses 1 through 10. And so, um, if you would, pray uh, with me that God would reveal His Word to us this morning and that He would speak to us in the way that the Spirit knows we need to be spoken to this morning. So let's pray for God's blessings this morning. Father, what an honor and what a privilege and what a responsibility it is, Father, to stand here and to open your word and to read it and to share it. And so, Father, I pray that you would hide me behind uh, the word of God this morning. I pray, Father, that your, uh, your salvation, your love uh, be proclaimed loudly and clearly. And, Father, I pray that through your word today that you will speak to my heart and that you will speak to the hearts of those that are here and those that are listening uh, there in the nursery and in the security room uh, by speaker. Father, I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would just uh, flood this place this morning, that you would just touch our hearts in the ways that we need to be touched in this new year. Thank you for the wonderful worship in prayer and in song and the reading of your word, Father. And we commit these next few minutes to you. In Christ's name, we lift these prayers. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's read together. If you'll follow along, I'm going to be reading from the ESV. Uh, I am going to be reading from Colossians chapter number 3, verses 1 through 10. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On the account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too walked, but when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its 
Creator. Thank you for the reading of God's Word. I want you to pay particular attention to verse number 9 and verse number 10. Verse number 9, notice Paul uses this phrase, put off the old self. And in verse number 10, he comes right back and he says, put on the new self. So we've got the old self and we have the new self. Let me set some context for us for the book of Colossians. Many of you know that it is one of the prison epistles that Paul authored while he was in Rome as a prisoner. He wrote this letter to a church that was planted, just like Infinity Church was planted. He wrote this church to the church at Colossae. And the book, the letter here, is written about 60 A.D. So about 60 years after the death, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Christ. 60 years later, Paul is writing this book. There are two themes that he really focuses on in the book of Colossians. One of those is the person of Christ, who He is, and the work of Christ. And then he focuses also on Christ being the head of the church. As we look at Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 and we read and hear and study and, and meditate and absorb Paul's writings here this morning, I want to put it in the framework of it is now January the 2nd, 2022. It is a new year indeed, is it not? Amen. Um, the end of the year, the beginning of another year. I've always been one that actually enjoyed this time of the year. It's a time when um, I'll uh, go through drawers and, and, and throw things out and organize and and I'll go through our closets and I'll go through our files and our paperwork and it's, ju it's just a time to get rid of some old stuff that you've accumulated through the year and kind of start fresh, a new beginning, if you will, with a, a more organized, clean home with uh, things that are in their place and a place for everything. Now, it's also a very popular time for what we call resolutions. All right, You are very familiar with this phrase called New Year's Resolutions. Um, some of you may even make New Year's resolutions. Um, I think probably it would be safe to say that all of us at one time or another have made a New Year's resolution. So I started thinking about this message uh, about 10.30 yesterday morning when I got the phone call from Pastor Philip that he was not going to be able to, to be in the pulpit this morning. So I got to thinking about, hmm, man, what a, what a really great time to just speak about what Paul wrote you know, some 2,000 years ago about putting off the old self and putting on the new self and how we need to be reminded of that, not just at the beginning of each year, but at the beginning of each day that God gives to us on this earth. So I went to old Webster, you know, the old-fashioned dictionary. Many of you go to Google. My wife is queen of Google. She can Google up something, I mean, just almost immediately. Every time that we'll be looking for a particular verse of Scripture, I'll go to my, uh, 
you know, my concordance, it's about this thick, you know, and I'll go to it, and before I can even hardly get it opened, she's already through Google found that passage of Scripture, and she's giving it to me. So I understand, uh, I understand technology is good, and it's helpful. But I went to the old-fashioned Webster's Dictionary because I wanted to see what he had to say about this word, resolution. And it was pretty interesting. Here's what Webster defines resolution as. It is a thing determined upon. A thing determined upon. And then he also identifies resolution as a decision to a future action. So what I'm asking you and me today is as we turn the page on this last year and look toward the new year, let's determine a thing. Let's be determined to put off the old self and put on more of the new self. And that is Christ and His nature. Let's make a decision as to a future action. And I want to tell you there's some thoughts about resolutions and I agree with the writer here about some of these thoughts of res resolutions. We can all tell some funny things about resolutions that we've made through the years, but let me just give you a couple of these things. A New Year's resolution is a promise to stop doing everything that you enjoy most. Would you not agree with that? I mean, really, it, it is. It, it's, you think about that. All right, think about this too. Go back to last year. Go back to January 1st, 2021. If you kept every resolution that you made last year, that I made last year, we would probably be standing here today. We would be skinny, we would be smart, we would be healthy, and we would be rich. Would we not? And then lastly, a New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. Those are some resolutions. Well, I'm not talking about resolutions today. I am talking about something that will take us much, much deeper than simply making a New Year's Day resolution. No, the Apostle Paul, in his writings to the church at Colossae, takes us to a much deeper place. He takes us to a lasting and permanent lifestyle that we can live. Each of us, I think, would, would say to one another, each of us would say that we have an inward desire, a desire within us to be a better person, whether that's a better parent, a better spouse, a better worker, a better golfer, you know, a, a better friend, a better student of the Bible. There's something inherent in human nature in all of us that we have a desire to be a better person. And so we tend to take these New Year's resolutions and they are motivated by the fact that we want to become this better person, this, this better individual. But we need to capture that and put that into a spiritual realization and understand that the only path to being a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, a better church member, a better encourager, a better student of the Bible, 
Whatever those desires are, the only way that we can make those a lasting, permanent lifestyle change is that we have to do it through the power of Christ Jesus. And that is taking off the old self, cleaning out that closet, cleaning out that drawer, and then putting back in that which is necessary only, that which is needful only, not all the extra things that we have. Um, I can share this story with you because my wife is not in this room, and if you say that I said this, I will deny that I have said it. But she is teaching um, uh, Kidfinity. But um, one of the things, if you stepped into my wife and my closet, there's a couple of things that would strike you immediately. One would be on the right-hand side, there's a very neat and orderly and organized row of pants, shirts, blue jeans, sweatshirts, and a very nice and orderly row of shoes that are down at the bottom. If you look to the left side, you're going to see cram packed full hangers, clothes, hangers of every different description, shoes piled up down in the bottom, uh, garments stuffed into the little shelves. And here is what my wife and I joke with each other about. Wanda, when you go to TJ Maxx and when you go to Marshalls and when you buy you some new clothes, that's fine. I love those new clothes. You need some new clothes. But when you come home, Wanda, you pick the equal number of clothes out that you no longer wear, and you take that and take it to Goodwill or, or give it to somebody or something. And we joke about that, and we laugh about that. After being married for 43 years, we, we, we have uh, 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 our differences, and we relish in those differences because if Wanda was like me, this would be a sad world, okay? It would be a boring world. And, uh, and if I was like Wanda, I'd be buying the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but that is the idea of starting off this new year, is taking out the old, putting off the old, as Paul says, and putting on the new self. Um, you know, if we look at our life and we tear away the overgrown underbrush that complicates our life and, and, and makes our, our life more complicated than it needs to be, then what we realize is that we are destined to be better, to be more than what we are. I, I, I have that hunger, I have that ache within me to be a better person, to be a better husband, to be a better father and grandfather. And I know that you have that too. And so together this morning in the few minutes we have left, I've got some fantastic, great news that we can share with one another today through God's Word. Christ is still in the life-changing and transforming business in 2022. And that is available to each of us. Paul tells us in his letter to the church at Colossae, he says that through the power of Jesus Christ, we can take off the old and we can put on the new. I submit to you today that you have probably had many resolutions like I have, and by February the 15th, we look back and those resolutions have already been wiped out. 
they're already gone, they're broken, and we're disheartened and we're disappointed and we beat ourselves up because we just can't fulfill that resolution. Forget that. I'm talking about the power of Almighty God through His Word that can give us a life-sustaining, life-transforming, life-changing so that we can be better believers, better parents, better friends, better church members, whatever you fill in that category, we can, through Christ, accomplish that. So what I want us to think about today is don't try to reinvent yourself. See, that's what New Year's resolutions are. That's just trying to reinvent ourselves. We're going to be skinnier. We're going to be healthier. Uh, we're going to be richer, um, you know, um, and, and those things. That's not what we're talking about. Paul is telling us here, we're not reinventing ourselves, no, but we can recreate ourselves through the power of Jesus Christ. So let's put off the old self uh, and uh, our failures, our regrets, our poor decisions, our addictions, our unfulfilled dreams, our bad decisions, our, our missed expectations, and let's put on the new self today that is made possible through and only through the power of Jesus Christ. And that is a new self, a self of recreation, a self of joy, purpose, restored and lasting relationships, encouragement, determination, stability. The list goes on and on. It is immeasurable what a life that is committed to Christ can do and what Christ can do through a life like that. In the few minutes we have left, I want to just point out four very simple things that we can do to help us put off the old self and put on the new self. And you fill the blanks in with whatever that needs to be. Your old self is going to be much different than my old self. And the new self that Paul is encouraging us to do through the power of Jesus Christ is going to be different than my new self. But here's the thing. God's Word is universal. God's Word speaks to each and every one of us. So He has a message for me today and He has a message for you today and for those workers that are listening to our message there in the front of the church. The first thing that we need to do to be able to put on the new self is we need the support of a church family. We need the support of a church family. The key word there is support. If you have your Bibles in Romans chapter 12, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 1, verse 12, I'd like to read the, the writings of Paul here as he wrote the book of Romans. Romans 1.12 says this, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, easily understood. I encourage you, you encourage me. It's a two-way street. It's something that we do together as we share life on life with each other. All right? There's times when I'm going to be down, discouraged. Um, I'm going to need some encouragement. And that's the opportunity that you have to come forward 
and let me know that you're praying for me. Let me know that, that you love me. Let me know that God's going to take care of this. Let me know that I'm going to get through this and encourage me. And then there's going to be times when I am strong and when I'm strengthened and I'm in a season of life where God is blessing and I'm going to have the opportunity to come to you when you are in need and mutually we encourage each other. You are not going to get that out in the work world. You won't even get that out in the community. But here, in God's family, our church family, we can have the support of each other. See, these are beautiful words uh, uh, from Paul. They are, they are uh, words that we have connected people holding each other together. You see, that's what we're doing. I, I, I see you on Sundays. You see me on, on Sundays. We might not see each other all through the week, but there's a connection that we have that goes beyond this building when we leave here on Sunday. And it is that connection as we hold each other together, both accountable to each other and encouraging each other. We need that support of the church family. You know, God never created us to go through life alone. We are by nature social creatures. We need that interaction. We need that camaraderie. We need that brotherhood and that sisterhood that can only be found through Christ. And so we're never meant to go through life drifting or being disconnected from life. You want to know why your pastor and your leadership gets concerned when we don't see you on Sunday mornings? Because we know full well this truth that, that Paul is teaching us here about the old self and the new self. We know that, that the more the devil can keep you from coming and connecting and being mutually encouraged with the rest of us, we know that he will isolate you and that he will make you vulnerable. And so that's why there is this accountability for us to gather together once a week, small group Bible study, and worship time together. No, we need, if we are going to have a lasting and permanent change, Old self to new self, we're going to need the support of our church family. Now, I grew up uh, in the era of Lincoln Logs. How many of you remember the old Lincoln Logs? Okay, all right. Uh, they tell me now there's this thing out there called Legos, all right? It, it sounds like it's very similar, okay? Well, think about this when we think about our church family. A Lego, each piece is designed to connect to another piece. They tell me that when you connect a bunch of Legos together that you can build a really big structure and you can really build something great. They also tell me that if these Legos are not connected together, then they just become a pile of useless and ineffective pieces of plastic. Am I right? Is that what a Lego is? Okay, let's take that and apply it to our lives in a spiritual sense today. God did not create you and He did not create me to be useless and ineffective. Far from it. We all need our church family that will love us and support us 
no matter what we are going through. Do not let Satan rob you of the blessings that are yours if you only come every Sunday and get involved with your church family. Secondly, if we're going to move from the old self and put on the new self, if you're going to clean your closet out, Wanda, every five or ten years, you know, um, then here's the second thing we got to do. We need to be connected to each other. So we need the support of our church family, but we need to be connected to each other. Notice that very beautiful passage of Scripture in John chapter number 15, verses 4 and 5. As soon as I start to read this, you're going to remember this wonderful passage that Jesus gives to us. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus goes on to say in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, because apart from me you can bear nothing. Boy, do you see how we need that connection? I need that connection with you. I, I need to know that you know that I'm still alive from week to week. I need to know that you're still alive. And I love to know what you're struggling with. I love to live life on life with you so that we can mutually support each other and remain connected together. That's the beautiful part of a church family. You are not going to get that out there in the world. No, I'll tell you what you will get out there in the world. You will get, you will get uh, arguments. You will get um, discouragement. You will get despair. You will lose hope. That's what the world will give you. But here in God's family, in our church, being supported by the church and being connected, we can mutually encourage each other. You see, our lives become so much more productive and useful when we are connected to Christ, the vine, and to His people. I will become like those that I spend time with. So I choose not to spend time with those that are going to pull me away that are going to cause me not to be able to take off the old self and put on the new self. No, mutually encouraging each other, uh, helping each other to be accountable. When we are connected to the vine, when we are connected to one another, spurring each other on, encouraging each other in the faith, holding each other accountable, then that is when we begin to grow, that's when we begin to thrive, and when we begin to bear fruit, as Christ tells us. And guess what? That thriving, that productivity, that bearing fruit, it is used by God to bless those around us. You see, putting off the old self, it's dried up, it's disconnected, it's useless, it's ineffective, and putting on the new self, the nature of Christ. It's growing, it's thriving, 
It's productive. And it's blessing others around us with our spiritual maturity and growth in the Lord. Thirdly, if we're going to move from the old self to the new self, and we really want this to be a lasting, permanent lifestyle, we're, we're, we, know the, we know what we've tried in the past doesn't work, okay? We know that we can't say, my New Year's resolution is to not eat any donuts this year. I have already failed at that. I've already failed at it. And the reason I failed at it is because I can't turn a donut down. A donut to me is just the most wonderful thing. And I don't care if it's three days old and stale. I love donuts. So I can't make an unrealistic resolution and say, I'm going to get skinny this year because I'm not going to eat any donuts. That will never happen. But I'll tell you what will happen. If I see myself as the temple of the Lord, if I see my body as the temple of the Lord, where Christ resides in me, if I see myself in that spiritual realization, then I'll tell you what. I'm not going to put stuff in it that's going to harm it. I'm not going to put stuff in it and do stuff to it that's going to hurt it, that's going to cause it uh, uh, to not be fully productive. And so that's what Christ does for us. We, we have this spiritual realization and we can make this permanent lifestyle change. Putting off the old self, putting on the new self. Man, I'll tell you what. My daughter-in-law brought me a, a key lime pie on New, Year, uh, new Year's Day. And do you all know that thing's already gone? I ate the last dadgum piece last night about 9.30. Worst possible thing you can do in the world is eat a piece of key lime pie at 9.30 at night. But I did it. See, I can't in my own power. I went in there to get me a little bit of water, and I, I made the mistake of opening that refrigerator door, and there sat that piece of key lime pie. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Okay, all right, so let's, let's put on the, let's take off the old self and put on the new self. I should have looked at that and I should have said, now, you know what, there's that piece of key lime pie, but I know if I take on too much sugar and I gain too much weight or I don't eat healthy, I know it's going to cause problems, complications for me. So through that, I'm able to overcome that piece of key lime pie and say, you know what, I'll have it tomorrow after I get my run in. That's good. See how that works? God always gives way. Number three, this is a tough one. If we are going to put off the old self and put on the new, we need to love through our relationships. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says this, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter in verse 13 says this, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is what? Love. love. The greatest of these is love. Amy Carmichael, that wonderful missionary to India. She lived from 1867 to 1951. Listen to what she says about love. She says, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Let me say that one more time. 
You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Folks, if we are going to move from the old self to the new self, as Paul tells us in Colossians, if we are going to undo all of the wrong, the harm, the chaos, the negativity, if we're going to move from all of that into a life of purpose and joy, to be able to do that, we're going to have to love. We're going to have to love even the unlovely in our lives. See, to put on the new self, Christ calls us to a sacrificial love. As soon as I said that, you immediately in your mind went to that one or two people that is just hard to love. It could be a family member. It could be a co-worker. It could be even a friend. But in your mind, you went right there. You went to that person that is just hard to love. But guess what? You're not going to be able to have a sustaining, permanent life change if we don't overcome that and learn to love that person with a sacrificial love. We need to love through our relationships. Paul tells us in Corinthians, he says, love is the greatest of these three. We can't live for ourselves and be happy. Simply put, God wants us to learn to love. You want to do something different in 2022? You want to be different in 2022? You ask God to help you love that unlovely person. And you watch what amazing things God will do through you and in you when you begin to learn to love with a sacrificial love. And then fourthly, and we're finished, we need to start with the needs of others. We need to start with the needs of others. How many of us go at this just the opposite? What happens every time we try to engage in some relationship? The very first thing we want is for our needs to be met. I'm not interested in your problems or your needs. I'm hurting. I need this. I need that. That's what our culture teaches us. Teaches us to live for ourselves. That's where true happiness is. I say to that, that is false. That is straight out of you know where. You will never experience true happiness and joy when you focus on your own needs. It is only when we begin to look at the needs of others, then Christ does this work through us he throws those clothes out of that closet. He cleans that closet of our life out and He puts in a nice, orderly, organized, purposeful, productive, functional life that is a blessing to all those that we come in contact with. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says this, Don't look only for your own interest but take an interest in others too. Do that this week. Try me and prove me. Try God's Word and prove God's Word. You're going to have an incident sometime this week and it's going to cause you to focus on yourself. Stop it right there and say, you know what? I'm going to focus on the needs of others. You see, the spiritual truth 
is that this is counterculture to our world today. I want to talk about my needs first. How are you going to meet my needs and make me happy? So the path to putting on the new self is not what the world will tell you, but it's rather just the opposite. Okay? Start by finding out someone who has a need around you. And then in either small or big or medium-sized ways, go about and try to help meet that need. Start not with your needs, but with the needs of someone else. So, we're looking for recreation in 2022, not reinvention. We've had enough reinvention of ourselves. Let's put on a lasting and permanent new self in this new year. Adopt a church family. Connect with each other. Learn to love each other and focus on the needs of others. I want to finish with this song. It's an old gospel hymn, and many of you have probably sung this hymn many, many times as I have. Um, and the band, you can come on up, band. If you'll come on up, we'll have our uh, last song and we'll finish up. But uh, how many of you are familiar with that old gospel hymn, I Am Resolved? I love this song. It was written way back in 1896, and it was written by a man named Palmer Hasbro. And I think it's a wonderful way for us to begin 2022. Listen to the lyrics here. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I am resolved, who will go with me? Come, friends, without delay. Taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, will walk the heavenly way. Let's pray and uh, ask God to speak to our hearts this morning as the praise band leads us in one more song. Father, we are so thankful for the Word of God. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus, for the power that it has to, to transform our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the many, many wonderful examples of godly men and women, uh, Father, that you've included in your Word, uh, where we can see how their lives have been fully and completely transformed by your power. Father, I pray that prayer for each one of us here. Um, it doesn't matter, Lord, um, where we are in our Christian walk with you. It only matters, Lord, that we begin today to draw closer to you and that we begin today to put off the old self and put on the new self. Father, I pray that if there be one here today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that through this word, that these words that Paul has written to us, that you might speak to their heart. And they may feel the, the need, Lord, to acknowledge you as their personal Savior, to repent and to come to you for forgiveness and to come to you for eternal life. Father, that there are those here that are hurting today. I pray a special measure of your encouragement upon them, Lord. I pray for uh, their endurance, Lord, as they go through uh, these difficult times. Father, there are those that are physically sick. We lift them up. There are those, Lord, that are suffering emotionally through hurts. And we lift them up to you, Lord Jesus. Father, we're all spiritually sick. And we praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are the great physician. And that you can heal us, Lord. And we ask for your presence during this time. Thank you again for Christ. Thank you for His loving and 
his salvation. And we pray for the next few minutes that we'll contemplate what you have done for us and what you yet have to do for us, with us, and through us in the coming year. In Christ's name we pray.